Hey, you guys, before the episode with Josh Wolf officially starts, we have time for a small chat. If you're a small business owner, you can do a thousand things to find a great new hire, or you can do one post with pro job network. Just one click post your ad to over 40 different job sites. It would probably take you forever to do that. And even then you wouldn't get the preferred placement that you'll get from pro job network. In about a day, you'll have a list of qualified local candidates to choose from because pro job network will place your job in front of qualified candidates who've asked to hear about specific opportunities like yours. How great is that? You'll save time, you'll save money and you'll find good people. Go ahead, try ProJob Network free for one week by visiting tryprojob.com slash best friend. That's tryprojob.com slash best friend. Try it free at tryprojob.com slash best friend. Okay, here is the episode with Josh Wolf. everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here in dining room studios with comedian Josh Wolf. Welcome. Hello. I just want to tell you, dining room studios is my favorite name. Oh, thank you so much. Studio. I think it's really good because it really is a dining room. Yes. <laughs> this is a dining room table. Here's the thing though. We never really ate on it before we decided to just turn it into the podcasting console. But you know what it does also? Like, even if people didn't know you were out of a dining room, it makes it seem very homey and very familiar and very best friendy that we're just sitting in dining room studios. Thank you very much. I'm glad it all works. So here's the question. Yes. If we move mm-hmm. and dining room studios is no longer in a dining room, should I still call it dining room studios? I think so. I think so. Cause I think you can still dining room it up a little bit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I stick a fork in there. Yeah. Maybe one of those giant wooden spoon fork combos. Yes. Those are super homespun. Yeah. So, a while ago, I tweeted, Tender is the Greens is my tragic novel. Yes. Did I say it? I forget. Some some tweet like that. I'm not doing my own tweet justice. Uh Uh-oh. And then you wrote back and you said it's also your nightly ritual. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, he follows me? Hey, want to come on my podcast? And that's how you're here. Yes. It's just just that simple, people. It is weird, isn't it? Respond to my salad tweets. Uh, Well, that's basically, I I have a basic Google search for any salad, anything, anytime somebody does anything salad and it comes up. I know what it was. It was Tender as the Greens is my tragic novel about salad. And I said, it's my nightly ritual because I smoke weed every night. Um, And so my question is, is it weird sometimes to you when you go, when it's realization, like, Oh, that person follows me? Yeah. It's always cool, actually. Yeah, I think so. If it's someone that I, um, you know, like, oh, I totally know who that person is. Oh, that's cool. It's really like sometimes does it, it sometimes like you're like, I had no idea that person knew that I was on planet Earth. Yes. Right? I all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are good feelings. That happens to me. Look, I've I've been on television, but I generally assume not generally Every day of my life, I walk outside assuming that nobody mm-hmm. knows who I am. Right. Um, sometimes in the embarrassing, I, I find out embarrassingly that they did. Like, I need an example. Okay. Recently. Mm, this is embarrassing. Okay. How do I delicately? I was in New York. Okay. Um, I was in a cab and I was like, 
it was rush hour. I was 30 minutes from where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. And then I started to get those sweats on my forehead. I was like, oh, my stomach is not. Oh, gotcha. Something bad's happening. Okay. So I tell the guy, pull over. Mm-hmm. And he goes, we're not where you're supposed to be. I go, yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever we are now is where I'm <laughs> right. supposed to be. Time for me to get out. <laughs> so <laughs> I get out. And a public bathroom in New York City, not easy to find. I don't even, I feel like people join gyms just to have access to bathrooms. I agree with that. Somebody told me that use your LA fitness card. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. But luckily, he dropped me off right at Rockefeller Center. So I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Public bathroom in New York, not good. Were you clenching? Like, was it that bad? Yeah, sweat. It was a, I call it the concentration walk. When you're concentrating on just getting there. Yeah. Wherever it is you're going. <laughs> right. You're, it's full. So I'm walking, walking, walking. I finally make my way. Find, I find one that's in the bottom of Rockefeller, 30 Rock. I go use the restroom. I come out. I've been in there for not an embarrassing amount of time, but long enough where- I was in done some damage right I walk out feeling good pepping my step and a guy goes Josh and I turn around I don't recognize him Mm -hmm. and he's like I go yeah and he goes might we get a selfie I go not at all and when he pulls in for the selfie he goes oh I was gonna get you before you walked into the bathroom but I saw you doing that walk so I knew (laughs) so I knew you'd be in there for a while (laughs) I was in there for like 20 minutes dude waited outside for 20 minutes he was like I could tell by that walk I go how long are you following me he goes I saw you outside of 30 walk rock so I thought you maybe you were coming in here to do some work. Then I saw you go down the escalator. Oh, and I was were. like, Yes. <laughs> I saw you go down the escalator. So I just figured, oh, I'll, he's going to the food court. I'll go down there and get a picture with him. But he said he followed my walk the entire time. He was like, it got the urgency stepped up as soon as you got closer and closer. <laughs> <laughs> so it was super. I assume I'm doing the poop walk and nobody knows who I am. Dude was not only knew who I was. Was a fan. <laughs> was waiting for you to do some <laughs> offloading. So yes. Is, that's so considerate though. That I've had people follow me into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. What happens then? Um, I have a really strict, can we talk when we're not peeing rule. I'll have people, I've had people come in and be like, that was, hey man, you're really funny. I'm like, that's great. Let's, <laughs> let's wash our hands and talk about it. Let's have our, let's have this conversation when we're looking at each other and, you know. Right. Without junk in your hands. Yes. Um. So of the various projects that you've been involved with. Yes. And we will list some of those. Oh. Let's just do that now. Okay. My name is Earl. Yep. Um, Chelsea lately. Mm-hmm. After lately, mm-hmm. it takes balls. Your book, yeah, raising podcast, hope, raising hope. Mm-hmm. The Josh Wolf show, the which Josh was Wolf my talk show. show. That's yeah. right. Is that no longer? That is no longer. That is no longer. That was on CMT. CMT. Yep. It, but it, it was the best experience of my life. I really have, as I've gotten older, tried to adopt a a, a I don't want to work with assholes role. Mm. I've heard of many people trying. Many people claim to have this. Actually, uh, I don't know if they really have achieved it, though. It's hard because sometimes you don't see an asshole until three months in. You're like, oh, right, shit. oh, you're a covert asshole. Yeah, <laughs> you've been covering your asshole this whole time. <laughs> yeah. So, but sometimes, but I really do try because what what my show taught me was I, because I woke up every day like I'm psyched to go to work, and it changes your life. Mm-hmm. When you're psyched to do what you do, it changes your outlook when you wake up every day. I'm sure you love doing this, right? Yeah. It changes everything where it's not, oh, I got to go to fucking work tomorrow. It's, or I got to have three fuck whiskeys tonight so I can just put my mind at ease so I can get up tomorrow. Right. I'm looking for, you wake up before the alarm. You're excited to go. Everybody that I hired on that show, I knew before the show, I hired friends and family. And it was like walking into my house every day. And so uh, that for me was, I really, that was something I learned 
recently like it's not where i've worked with assholes before and i guess i just thought this is just how this town is and you do you know what i mean i think that that's what you're supposed to think at the beginning i think that a lot like you in hollywood and i'm not saying anything that people don't already know like you see a lot of atrocious behavior and it's like it's for whatever reason it's just allowed or it's expected mm-hmm. um and I don't know if that's because we've glamorized the movie business and people think that like so many people on a set or on a in an agency or wherever should be yelling or if it's just that powerful people are allowed to get away with acting like jerks or people people are also so desperate that I think that they feel like they have to look out for themselves at the expense of other people. I don't know what or or one other I'm going to canvas all the potential ideas or this industry attracts people with personality disorders. Oh, that's interesting. I, I think it's a, maybe a combination of a lot of that. I, I think when there's so much, the big problem is, you know, we put the people on screen up on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Problem number one. Okay. Because now all of a sudden they feel like they're better than you. Right. So why can't I just treat somebody I'm better than like they're less than me? Yeah. Problem number one. So, my problem also is now when that happens, you, have you heard 90% of actors do an interview? They take mm-hmm. it. There's, I'm like, you're pretending to be somebody <laughs> else, dude. Let's lighten up a little bit. With, but they're making brave choices. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you're pretend, all you're doing is doing what I did when I was six years old, <laughs> hiding in an empty refrigerator box, pretending to be Batman. That's, right. That's all you're doing. So for you to unleash on people or to be a general douchebag. Now... Is is really hard for me to come to grips with. Look, we all have bad days, so I never judge anybody on one thing or one thing's lifted out of context. Or so I think that then I, when you add in the amount of money that's at stake, yeah, it's just like I have to please these people who are now acting like assholes to get all of this money. So it's a trickle down. I, that's why I think we have you worked on a show where everybody's happy. It starts at the top. Mm. Well, when the top is Christian Bale, let's just say, <laughs> right. the trickle down on his tree is just a bunch of shit shows. Yeah. Because he shits on the people underneath him and onward down it goes. Right. And we just pass it along. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say is that more and more I'm starting to <clears throat> realize that when you walk in, like you see a toxic work environment the most clearly when you first step into it. Because mm-hmm. then I think you start putting blinders on and start getting used to it. But I'm starting to realize that when I've walked into a work environment and I've had that feeling, so it's happened a few times, well, it's happened twice in my life. I've had a feeling of like, people are scared and miserable here. Yeah. Like that means something that will eventually you'll look back on that and be like, I knew it from the beginning. Yeah. And I had ignored it. Uh, you know, you mentioned two shows, My Name is Earl and Raising Hope, both created by a guy named Greg Garcia. Who I was just listening to the first episode of... Oh my God, I can't believe it. Fairly Normal, my podcast? Yes, I was going to produce the name and it had escaped me for a second. So thank you for, yeah. You're very welcome. Um, I was just listening, really good episode. Thank you. Um, He's really interesting. And he also has a voice that reminds me so much of someone and I can't figure out who it is the whole time. I'm like, who's his voice double? Uh, He kind of sounds like Seinfeld. Oh. He does kind of sound like Seinfeld a little bit. Maybe that is who I was thinking. Um, He's an exceptionally funny guy. But he's the tr- guy I learned from Trickle Down. Mm-hmm. You know, I would ask him, Ooh, you're, you know, he's pitched four shows. All the shows have been on TV and all the shows will end up in syndication. Pretty good track record. Yeah. Okay. 
one of the reasons is that he will not stand for drama or stepping out of line or being an asshole on his set. It just doesn't work. And so pe- people come to work happy. So when you're happy, I don't know about you. I'm not sure I subscribe to I'm the most creative when I'm tortured. Right. No, me neither. It's a different kind of creative. Yeah. But but when you're happy, things are just open. Oh, they're just, <laughs> you're just open to things, right? Yeah. So uh, his sets really provide that for people. Y- you know, he takes money out of his own salary to put into catering. Mm. So people go and they're like, I fucking, I love this food here. I'm, I don't know about you. I'm a Jew. So if there's good food, I'm happy for the day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? My, my grandmother was like, if there was good food in front of her, but you go to a restaurant and she order, ends up ordering something she didn't like, that would ruin your life, her life for whatever <laughs> reason. Like that's why she, I think because of that, I order, do you order the same thing when you go to the same restaurant? Um, not always, but sometimes I wish I had. I, a disappointing meal order to me yeah. is top 10 of things, bad things that can happen to me in a day. I know. And then I remember a friend, cause I will take a long time to choose what I want. Are you that way too? Mm-hmm. I really have to comb over all the choices. Mm-hmm. I remember my friend being like, it's not your last meal. I'm like, I know, but lots riding on it. Yeah. <laughs> These, ne- listen, our conversation, everything in the next hour is riding on yeah. this order. So Let's not put, let's not push me into making a bad choice. I hate when I get my food. I'm like, oh, that looks pretty good, and then somebody else's food gets dropped. I'm like, that looks amazing. Mm, that, like, that <sighs> happens to girls all the time because I mean, I'm not going to speak for all women, but for the most part, you're not going to order. You may not order the cheeseburger or the whatever it is that you're going to order a salad or you're going to mm. order something like. So you're trying to be healthy, and then someone will order whatever looks a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> It's usually my husband. Yeah. Does your husband, do you eat healthier than your husband? I eat lighter than my husband. Like I'm always trying to watch my weight and count calories and all of that. And he, because he's with me, he started eating healthier just sort of through osmosis, but um, is not, does not try to like limit his calories or anything like that. My wife eats like a man, like a man. She eats like a, like a man, like doesn't count calories, doesn't nothing. I would the maybe two weeks ago she got into bed and I go, Are you eating a block of cheese? <laughs> in her hand. She had a block of cheese in her hand. She's like, Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm like, You don't want a knife or a plate? She's like, No, I got a wrapper. I'm like, Yeah, I do. I love you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of cheese was it? I like that. Just the the orange kind. The cheddar. Is that cheddar? cheddar? That's cheddar? cheddar. Are you not are you not are you lactose intolerant? What's going on here? I am not I like cheese on a pizza. Okay. Um, I don't put it on a sandwich and hmm. I don't know what else I would put it on a burger, but then that's just like or a Velveeta. rapper or ra- <laughs> yeah, like 50 cent. I'd put it on 50 cent. Uh- <laughs> oh no, that, that kind of rapper. Yeah. No, no she, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, she'll eat a block and she loves some cheese. I not a cheese. Are you okay. a cheese? Big cheese? No, I'm not big cheese. Um, I, I, I like cheese, but it's not prerequisite. I, it's not my thing. Is it in the I fridge need. right now? Um, hmm. my husband has some, okay, this has come up on the show before, actually. You know those little, um... You're serious because you put your pen down. I put my pen down so that I can <laughs> demonstrate. Do you know those... 
this was Let's like, get into here it. we go. I know. We even have a drop that would work for, for what's about to happen. So, you know those little, I think they're called Baby Bell oh, cheeses. My wife loves those. Okay. I, Daniel, that's my husband, yeah. thinks one, unwrapping them is fun. And two, the cheese is good. And I disagree with both of those. Because I'm like, I would like these better if unwrapping them wasn't such a chore. Because you have to get the cellophane off mm-hmm. and it never comes off in a smooth thing. And then you have to unwrap the wax. And then you get wax in your hands and it's gross. And then you're left with cheese that is also pretty gross. I, I don't enjoy any part of the enterprise. So I, there's some of those in the refrigerator. They're not mine, though. I agree with him on half of that. I like unwrapping them. Really? I like taking the wax okay. off. I don't know why. I feel fancy. Are you like planting your flag when you do it? I, I just feel fancy. I'm like, <laughs> look at it. That's cheese and some wax. Oh, let me get the wax. Oh. <laughs> right? So I don't know why. It's like, you know, those stamps that are wax? Sure. Yeah. I'm well, like, that seems fun. But it seems fancy, right? It something really about does. the fancy. Yeah. So I'm like, this something about wax that when it's not on a candle is fancy. It really is. Be- I never thought of it that way. So that's why I'm like, oh, this is fancy cheese. and But I don't like the taste of it either. Yeah, because it's, it's gross. Yeah. I, now, I am, because I'm a more of a weed guy, cheese is not my go-to at night. But I did wake up this what morning. What is your go-to at night? Um, well, I really like a limesicle. Okay. Delish. Sure. I can get behind that. I'm a huge dark chocolate guy. Mm. Uh, so good. And I will eat the shit out of some gummy bears. I'm not going to like, and Skittles. I could keep going. Chips. All right. I like those two. <laughs> she want right. to stop? No, no. Here's a question. Yeah. Snapchat. We talk about snacks enough that okay. we needed that. That's um, hilarious. <laughs> how do you feel? This is, this is what I think when I think gummy bears. How do you feel about gummy bears on something like frozen yogurt? My thing is... They just become so hard. They uh, no. No, I'm not. I you know look when it comes to things like frozen yogurt, and I am lactose intolerant with the ice cream, so I can't okay. eat it anymore. Right. But I I I'm just coming out right now. By the way, it's the first time I've said it. <laughs> Ooh, hot scoop. <laughs> I've been lactose. Um, but I it gets better. It does it. I you know what I would tell you. Warm up some peanut butter. Put it on your vanilla yogurt. It's so warm peanut butter. Okay. And then drizzle a that little- That does sound good. Drizzle a little chocolate syrup on there. Oh my God. That sounds good. It's so good. I like with my ice cream, I don't like a sweet, I like a chocolate. I guess that's a sweet, but I don't like a Skittle or a gummy right. bear. Yeah, no. But no I like- candy. No, but I'd take a Heath Crunch. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I'd take a Heath Crunch. I'd take a Kit Kat. I'm not above- You melt a Kit Kat too. Diem. I've never done that. Uh- Listen, we should, there's <laughs> there's some secrets I got. When you when when you have zero money, but you still enjoy weed, but you have to figure out snacks that you're cheap. I'm really. Do you know my go-to? Well, for a long time I had. Do you know? For a long time I lived in one bedroom with three kids. Yes. And eleven hundred dollars. That's what we made a month. I didn't know about the eleven hundred dollars, but I knew the one bedroom with three kids and. At one point, a St. Bernard and your yes. brother as well? Yes, yes, yes. But So you get creative with food. And I would tell you some combinations right now that you're going to think are grody. So good. I'm not sure that I'll think they're grody because they're, I have an alter ego named Nibbles McGee who comes oh. out late at night. <laughs> I have an alter ego too. What's yours? His name, it's not as nice. His name is Sweaty Guy. <laughs> but Sweaty Guy, for whatever reason, three years ago on stage, I started sweating like a 
fucking pig. Like three years ago, I've been doing this a long time. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when I do things, anything, I'm not wearing black because I'm Johnny Cash. I just think Sweaty Guy is going to show up. Gotcha. And Sweaty Guy right now is undefeated. You never, you never know when he's going to arrive? You never know when he's going to show up. And he's and when I say he's undefeated, like he beats everything. You know, when my first episode of My Name is Earl, or was it Raising Hope? I forget. I duct taped <laughs> oh, no. socks to my underarm. <laughs> so I had socks here and then the duct tape around my shoulders because I was too embarrassed to tell anybody. Jeez. But I went into wardrobe and wardrobe was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's going on? I was like, uh, sweaty guy. And she was like, I don't know what that is. And I go, um, what shirt am I wearing? She goes, this is it's like a tan. I go, okay, sweaty guy is going to beat that tan shirt. And she goes, let's put some, I guess they have like pads. Oh, yes. I've heard about that. Right? That they mm-hmm. put in your shirt. Some people sew uh, maxi pads into their shirts. Gross. But so I, that is some people do that. <laughs> so I put- I, I would just say stick, like it has adhesive on it. Leave the needle and thread at home, girlfriend, and just stick the maxi pad onto your whatever since re- it's got adhesive right there. Yeah, but the- it's, yeah, you've never been a sweaty guy. I have not been a sweaty guy. Yeah, sweaty guy. <laughs> oh, I have not been a sweaty guy, but, but, but- when I sweat, I sweat on my upper lip. I get a sweat stash. And I remember standing in, at a party years ago in front of a fan and my friend's like, you're sweating like a boy. <laughs> so I, I have been sweaty guy. Sweat stash? Yeah, it's so unsexy. It's pretty gross. <laughs> Sounds like one of the, what was that? Welcome back, Cotter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you're sweaty guy, yeah. is it just your armpits? Like, where does it happen? Is just it armpits. F- really? I know that's bad, but I feel like it, that's better than your face at least. Well, I can kind of mask it with black shirts. Yeah. Hard to just mask it. Your face, because when you're doing it on your face, and I agree with you, there's a certain level of, if somebody has a sweaty face, I automatically don't trust them. Right. Yeah, I'm like, well, look at this no one sweaty. likes a sweaty per face person. No, sweaty face you don't trust. It's right. almost like sweaty here. You're like, mm, that dude is not that hygienic. Hygienic? Right. Hygienic? Hygienic. hygienic. I think. But, but, but it's not like not trustworthy. Right. Sweaty face it's is not. Shifty. Yeah. But you know what's worse? Like I do meet and greets after all my shows. In the South, in the summer, you just have to know you're going to get moist back. When you, do, <laughs> when you do the meet and greet, you have to know that it's going to be... Yeah, and then you just got to wash them up. But moist back, and I tell people before I go, listen, everybody's got moist back. Let's just not mention it. I'm saying it <laughs> one time. Yes, mine is moist. Yes, yours is moist. Let's not say moist ever again. And there we go. But yeah, moist- that is always a grow. I never, I never thought of it exactly. But yeah, that's a specific feeling when you go to take a photo with someone. You're like, oh, back yeah, pedal. yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you where are you from originally? I am from Northern California. I grew up in Southern California. Uh, lived in New York for nine years. Moved back. So you haven't done a whole lot of humidity. New York, you did. New it. York was fairly humid, yeah, but York, yeah, no, yeah. I haven't done like swampy South humidity. Do, have you traveled at all around this great country of ours? I have. Yes, I have recently hit all fifty states. Now, congratulations. All, um, and there is many a sweaty back state. Yeah, what's it, the what's the biggest offender? It's hard to say. Anywhere where the, the swampiness, like Florida, yeah. it doesn't get a whole lot swampier than Florida. But you know what I find about those states? And Arizona's the same way. They haven't quite figured out how to gauge their air conditioning because it's 150 outside and then you walk inside and you need a sweater. It's like, right. do you have to set it to 40? Can't you just set it to 70? Yeah. There are people who come to my shows in shorts, flip-flops, t-shirt, 
jacket. Jacket <laughs> in the show, and they walk out with their jacket. But they haven't quite figured out a way to gauge it. But but any of those southern swampy states, I think, are... I don't think that I could live in humid anymore. Yeah. I don't think I could live in winter anymore. Oh, really? I could do winter. I I did it... But now you're from Boston, Mass- and then you yeah. lived in Amherst? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, And then you went to Seattle, and then you then came I went to, to I LA? went to Texas to oh. play... I went to college and played baseball down there. And um, it was actually, you know, this... What is it? Third time I was ever on stage, I opened up for Sam Kennison. Oh, wow. And I had won a comedy competition the second time I'd ever been on stage. It wasn't, I rigged it. It was all my friends were there. <laughs> I didn't really do any material. I just made fun of some people in the audience. Uh-huh. But it was an audience response. That's how you get your winner. Well, out of the 80 people who were there, 70 were my friends in college. <laughs> so I won. Two days later, I got a phone call and was like, hey, can you open for Sam Kennison in a couple of weeks? And I was like, uh, yeah. Uh, his opener, Carl LeBeau, his father had died of AIDS, I believe, and wasn't going to make it. Um, so I go, and look, I've got five minutes of material, and material is in quotes because all I did was make, mm-hmm. and now i got to open up for Kennison. So I'm like, well, this is, how hard could this be? Well, I came up with like three minutes of material, and then a lot of, how you doing? Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? So the first show goes... And by the way, fashion-wise, I was confused. Okay. I had um, uh, acid wash jeans. What year was this? <sighs> was it acid wash jean time? I think so. Okay. Acid wash jeans. I had sneakers. I had a button-down blue Oxford tucked into the acid wash jeans with a black belt, but I also was wearing a black leather biker jacket. Oh, wow. With my hair in a ponytail. Did mm. I mention that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. My hair used to be somewhere mid back. Okay. So let's go. Let's review. Acid wash jeans. Right. Blue Oxford long sleeve button down shirt tucked into my pants with high pants that are a little higher than they are now. Okay. Do you know the style I'm talking about? Yes, that? I do. Maybe it's an inch or so. bad. Really bad. Black leather jacket. Ponytail. Ponytail. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, Kennison's crowd's going to love me. <laughs> um, The first set was, eh. I walk off stage. Kennison, I mean, we're doing two shows. Kinnison um, was supposedly sober, not. Right. Comes off stage. In between shows, he gets even more wrecked. And his manager says to me, Oh, no. Do you mind doing 45? <laughs> this is the third time I've ever been on stage. Do you mind doing 45? And I said, 45 what? <laughs> he was like, 45 minutes. Sam needs a little time to sober up. He was like, just keep looking on the side of stage and I'll tell you when. Oh, geez. This is how bad it got. We went from my set to no laughter, to them heckling me, to them just talking amongst themselves. <laughs> they they had gotten so tired of screaming for Sam and heckling me, they just turned to each other and started talking. Oh, geez. And that's, I have, like that, I always wondered what was past your terrible get off the stage. Uh-huh. That- <laughs> it's indifference. It's complete. It's invisible. Indi- they were just like, fuck, and I kept looking and the guy kept going, keep going, stretch, stretch. And I was like, <laughs> I don't have any more. It was really terrible. I, t- I repeated the same joke a couple times. <laughs> In the same set. <laughs> I was like, hey, guys, what if I changed that joke and made it like this? And I just changed a couple. But it was like, that, that not my worst gig, but that that was, I think. That wasn't your worst gig? No. What was? Because at the end of the day, I was still meeting Sam Kennison. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was still some gravitas to that. So right. there, to that. My worst, my weirdest gig ever, 
not my most dangerous. Mm-hmm. I've had bottle bottle thrown at me from the darkness that missed my head by, I don't know, an inch. I felt it. Jeez. Like, felt it. Um, but my weirdest gig, I was doing a show at the comedy store, and a woman said, hey, will you love your stuff? Will you come to our Christmas party downtown? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to. Because Christmas parties is really where we make more money, mm-hmm. like for a, a really easy show. So, and she goes, is that an art gallery? It'll be a lot of fun. And I go, okay. I go down. I walk into the art gallery and um, it's her and the other woman who was there that night to see me. And it was a little spread of wine and cheese and she was talking about, you know, and I go, what do you want me to do? She goes, you know, just do 45 minutes and um, the material you did the other night was really funny. It should be fine and um, it should be a lot of fun. Just let me know when you're ready. I go, oh, oh, are we ready to go? She goes, yeah, we're ready to go whenever you are. I go, I'm ready. And she said, okay. And her and her friend sat down on the couch and said, whenever you're ready. It was two people uh, in an art gallery in me. Wow. And sh- I go, where are we going? She goes, no, it's just us. And I go, it's <laughs> the three of us? I go, what do you want me to do? She goes, you can just stand in front of us. So I was, it's a regular couch, a table where they had their wine, and me. That's and hilarious. It was the most, and it was so awkward. And I finally said to them, can I just sit down and, <laughs> in between you and tell you stories? And they were like, sure, that sounds fine. If that makes you more comfortable. I was like, anything makes me more comfortable <laughs> than what we're doing right now. No microphone, no nothing. Right. And I just go- Just reciting your stand-up. That they had just heard. <laughs> that they had just heard. Right. It was super awkward. Were they pleased with it? Hard to say. <laughs> 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 really difficult to say. But they, I mean, they pay, I mean, we paid me. So here's here's my question going back to the Kinnison story. Yeah. When you said that your third time on stage was opening for Kinnison, my immediate thought was, oh my God, that's too soon for that to happen. Way too soon. Do you regret having, like, do you, did it hurt your career? Well, the re- and, and the reason that one would think it's too soon for it to happen is because there's no way a comedian on their third time performing is going to be, well, there, there's just so much growing to do mm-hmm. and you want your big shot, a big shot like that to be when you're ready for it. Did that have any negative effect on your career? Do you regret doing it? Are you happy you did it? I'm really happy I did it. It did not have any negative effect on my career um, because it was in San Antonio. But also what I learned later, and this is something that um, uh, most comics I, I d- need to learn, is that we we a lot of times especially early on put too much emphasis on a show on the sh- open mic i'm doing on the set i'm doing at the improv on but the truth of the matter is you have to use all of those sets to grow mm-hmm. so you can't the odds that somebody in the audience will be able to affect your career off of this one set is so small that but but the fact that you put the pressure on yourself to always do whatever my best jokes are all the time what that takes out of there is what you need to learn how to do, which is what you do funny. Look, it, ta- it, it takes three years to figure out who you are on stage and what you kind of do funny. So by limiting yourself, by putting so much pressure on yourself to be funny instead of experimenting, finding out what you do well, the biggest thing I had to learn is that it's okay to eat, eat shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. You, not only do I have to learn what I do well, I have to learn what I don't do well. It's like right now when I think of something, I'm I'm at a point where I can go, mm, well, I like that joke. I don't think I could tell it. And I'll send it to somebody. Mm-hmm. But you have to learn all that stuff. 
I don't think between five years and under, there isn't a show you shouldn't do. Um, can you put into words what particular types of jokes you'll be like, yeah, I like it, but I can't do it? Is there like a certain, do they have something in common? Yeah, they're set up punchline stuff. I'm As just opposed to more anecdotes. long form mm-hmm. uh, stories. Um, I, y- y- you know, there were s- some writing gigs and I've written on sitcoms and, but there's some get writing gigs that people have asked me, Hey, will you submit for this? And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's because I know it's, a, I, I don't write set up joke very well. Right. I couldn't write Jimmy Fallon's monologue. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, that's not my style of, of writing whenever I used to get really scared at whenever someone would go, Hey, you got can you do a five minute uh, showcase? And I'd be like, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Like I you couldn't limit it to five. I don't, that's not my, that format is not, I'm not good at. Right. I'm just not. It's and, not where you shine. No. And, and I like, I turned down the tonight show with Leno a few times. Wow. Just because I was scared. I was like, I don't think this is going to be great for me. So it, that was it like you're more comfortable in a loose round table, Chelsea lately type setting or you like what, what, what would have, what felt right to you at the time? Well, I do. I love that. Any kind of long form conversation. Right. I love that. I can, I describe myself as not that curious, but super bright. <laughs> So I love conver- <laughs> I love I love conversations because I feel like I'm learning something every day. Uh-huh. If if you I, what I've and this is a, a recent revelation, but if you truly listen to people, you learn something every day. Yeah. If you're really listening, so whether it's about human condition or whatever, so I've really embraced that about myself. I kind of ran from it for a long time, but I'm like, listen, I don't know a lot of shit. So let's start listening to other people. So I like the conversation form, and my stand up is just more long form, you know. Sometimes I have, like I have this joke right now that's 12 minutes long. It's a story. But the payoff isn't, the jokes along the way are really good. The payoff is not as good as the jokes leading up to it. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, that's a fine. The story was good. I'm like, if you're telling a story that long, the ending has to be. Right. Right? So um, that's the danger of that kind of format is that at the end of the day, I do need that punchline at the end. Mm. And I would say my strength isn't so much as a writer as it is a performer. Right. Um, you know what? Like, I don't knock other comics. You, If you take Dane Cook, I don't think he's that funny. But as a performer, dude, I can't take my eyes off the dude. That's 75% of our job. Mm. 75% of our job is entertaining the people in, in a way that's fun to watch. You right. Know? So. Right. That's like something that, that I was... I that popped in my head just a second ago is, well, how much does likability mask? Cause I'm, I'm thinking with the 12 minute joke where everyone likes it because you're likable and they're laughing along the way and they're not noticing that it doesn't have a big payoff, but you are. Likability is huge. You can get away with a lot with a smile. And sometimes and I also learned that some jokes don't work when I don't smile. Oh, that's interesting. Some jokes don't work and some jokes I can't get a, uh, you know, it's funny that, you know, I think people who don't know me have a certain idea of who I am in their head. What do you think they think you are? Uh, you know, I used to do a podcast with Ross Matthews. Yes. And I used to get... The Ross and Josh show yes. or Josh and Ross Josh, show? Josh and Ross, yeah. Those are hard to say together. Yeah, Ross and Josh was harder than Josh and Ross. So we just kind of... 
Ross and Josh. Got Ross it. and Josh. Rush. It's kind of fun to say, actually. It is. Ross really and is. Josh. Ross and Josh. Ross and Josh. I, Ross, I can't. I've lost it. Ross and Josh. Ross and Josh. Say Ross it. Do it, Jeff. Josh and Rush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tough one. <laughs> Josh and Josh. Josh and Rush. <laughs> um, yeah, you know how we get phone calls from uh, from uh, we would get them from from gay fans, and they'd be like, "We assumed." Well, I think one guy said, "It's good that there's a guy." like you <laughs> i know where it's going already right there's like, a guy yeah. like you representing gay men as well yes and i would say what do you mean guy like me and they're like you know like just like a frat guy i'm like that's about as far i'm not a frat guy i was just like single dad living in mm-hmm. a in a room guy but i think so that's interesting that like uh, um if i don't say something with a smile sometimes a joke can come across as m- mean or right Right, so I I am cognizant too of that barbed too. Barbed, yeah, or something. yeah. Um, so about you being a single dad, yeah. How old were you when you had your first kid, and how many children do you have now? I have three kids. Um, you know, I met a woman; she had two kids. We had a kid together. I threw her out, but I kept all three kids. So I kept her two kids and my kid. Wait, that happened very fast. Met a, again. Met a woman; she had two kids. She had two kids. Okay, we had a child together. Oh, and so then she took you. We, she left somehow, yeah, and then you had all three. Yes. So one, one biologically, two not biologically. Gotcha, gotcha. And um, it was interesting. That's how I met most comics in this town. You know, they babysat for my kids when I performed at the Improv. Chelsea Handler, Joey Diaz, hmm. these were my good friends. They watched my kids. Um, it, so that's how I met most comics, and it, I, it was a very interesting little time um and how old were you around this time 20 fuck, 20 20 fuck 20 fuck 20 okay you were young yeah. sounds like you were young right 27 28 okay no so not that young but young well when i met them 25 right? okay so um but, but to suddenly have three kids who were what like five seven and something at and, this point yeah basically six months jeez it was a very interesting time, uh, and I turned to stand-up for my therapy. It actually was the turning point in my comedy. Up until that point, I was doing more, I guess, topical, or there was nothing in my act where there was segues. It was just, oh, I think this is funny. I'm going to do a little rant about this. I'm gonna think this. But there was no honesty in it, and so I was one of, and I was one of those comics who people would go, oh, yeah, he's funny. Tell me one of his jokes. Mm, <laughs> I don't know any of his jokes. Mm-hmm. But I remember I, I did, couldn't afford therapy and comedy ended up being my therapy. And so I'd go on stage and I would just tell something about what happened during that day and just as raw as I could. And it, I, I found that some of it didn't need a punchline because it was just that was funny. Mm-hmm. But it was honest, which was what made it funny. It was a turning point in my... It was a turning point in my comedy because I had always been so frustrated. I can't find the right fucking punchline. And sometimes I was like, life is the punchline. I remember a comedian once saying to me, and by the way, I should, before I talk as if I'm also a stand-up comic, I have done it a handful of times. It's not my thing. Right. But um, I think those few times I did it allowed me to talk as if I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, though, <laughs> a big disclaimer. <laughs> a comedian said to me, the first time you get a laugh for something that you didn't expect a laugh for, for something that you didn't don't think is is funny, um, is like a very 
eye-opening experience. Yeah. And I even had that happen where it's like, oh, yeah, the, the thing that's not the punchline, it's just so real, can get a laugh. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if you're building up tension, and just like in life, sometimes you, there's a tense moment and something happens that if there wasn't a tense moment, it wouldn't be funny. Mm-hmm. It just it fits perfectly in whatever that situation is and makes it funny. That's why you it's impossible to write it. You have to stumble upon it, which is why I don't do a lot of sit down on my computer writing. I grab an idea, a kernel, and I talk about it on stage because I find those accidental things make it make the joke that look you can it's better. I like things where I can't I couldn't write it down and go, oh, I wonder where the punchline is there. Right. Right? Or I can see a couple, but and when you see it on stage, you're like, I never thought that was gonna be the funny part. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think those jokes just seem more conversational and more natural. Um, I love it when I have no idea where a comedian is going. I I love that. Like for me, especially as a comic, and you guys have seen probably a lot of comedy, when you can go, I know what's about to happen. Yeah, oh, I hate that. Right? It actually makes me hate the person. Yeah, I, I know what's it about. Hate, I hate the person when I'm like, I got, there's a, there's like probably, there's a, a very few where, the person is so funny in their delivery that even though I know where it's headed, I will still be laughing. But the, but people who aren't good, where it's like, I saw that coming a mile off, it's, get, uh, don't waste my time. No, I, I, for me, it's one of the reasons I used to love listening to Mitch Hedberg, because I was like, I don't have any yeah. idea what he's going to say. Well, you know, when the first time I heard him say, um, I not, where he said, I mean, I don't like turtlenecks, because it just feels like a really weak guy strangling you all day. I was like, well, who thinks of that? Like we were at his apartment in Los Angeles when he wrote, I forget the exact joke, but somebody knocked on his, we were being loud and they knocked on his wall and he's, man, I don't know why my neighbor keeps knocking on my wall. The door's over there. <laughs> and, and that some uh, basic form of that joke end up in his act but like i love it because i'm like i could never think of that joke in my life Mm. think of that and i would never see it coming that's what makes me laugh a lot were you friends with mitch hedberg uh friendly friendly Mm -hmm. you know i I knew him from seattle and i knew him when he was down here and then we moved to new york i kind of lost uh touch with him i was friends with his girlfriend and him before he moved to new york when he lived here and then when they broke up i I didn't i i wasn't as in touch with him Mm -hmm. um so if i may ask what happened with your ex um she just um was not at that time in her life not ready to raise kids Mm -hmm. and um i was not gonna let any of the kids go with her because she was not ready for it and um I just, it just happened, you know, and it was. Uh, Did you get full custody? Well, the two oldest kids, no, because she got child support from her ex, but she wouldn't, she kept. Mm-hmm. And then, so I didn't ask for child support from my son um, because I didn't want her involved. I just said, let's just full custody. You can walk away clean. And it was a great exercise in um, patience in um really discovering what's important um and just realizing that you know i i developed a for me my personal little motto is it developed in that bedroom crying in my bed by myself (laughs) 
which was I got to keep my legs moving Mm -hmm. because mentally, if I keep my legs moving, that means I can never go backwards. Now, some days are tough and I might not go forwards and I may stay in the same place, but I never want to go back from where I am right now. This is, this is, I'm telling myself it doesn't get lower than this. And so I don't know, for whatever reason, if you believe in whatever you believe in, but for me, it taught me a lot. I have to tell you, but pre-kids, who I am now, I wouldn't hang out with that guy. I wouldn't hang out with Josh at 24. What were you like pre-kids? I was exactly like what people who see me on TV think I am. A gay frat guy? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, yeah, I was a little douchey. Okay. A little douchey. I wasn't the best person to women. I was a good friend, Mm -hmm. but I was super- Most guys at 24 aren't. Yeah, and I was going to say, maybe it's age appropriate, and I was super narcissistic and just into myself, and what can I do to help Josh? Mm -hmm. And um, boy, that changed. It had to. And like I said, you know, we would find ways, like with the way we ate- Tuna, tuna fish and rice was our favorite. Oh, right. You were going to tell oh, me the weird combination. Tuna fish and rice with soy sauce. That oh, sounds good. It's amazing. Black beans, tuna fish, shredded cheddar cheese. Delicious. Okay. Uh, yeah. That one's a little harder for yeah, me to it, believe. I know, I know, I know. And with a little hot sauce on there, crystal hot sauce, my favorite hot sauce. Mm. Um, but, you know, when we used to, I, we didn't steal food from Ralph's, but <laughs> I, but we would go to the hot food place. And I would order food because I could only really afford one meal a day. Mm-hmm. We would order food and we would and then we would order the hot food. And, you know, those tater tots and the wink, just good shit. And we'd walk up and down the aisles and I would pretend I was a tour guide and I would explain <laughs> to them what was happening in Ralph's. And when we got to the end of Ralph's, they would be done with their food and we'd walk out. And I remember my son, my oldest son asked me once, he goes, are we stealing anything? I go, do you have anything in your pocket? And he said, no. <laughs> I go, where's the food? And he goes, it's in my stomach. I go, that's not stealing. That's yours. <laughs> <laughs> what a great lesson yeah but but you know it was you know we did shit that we had to do to get by mm-hmm. you know you ever go through something hard and while you're in it you're like that's the worst thing that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. and afterwards you're like that could possibly be the best thing that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. that's what it was right in it the worst not you, you know i struggled every day man about am i being selfish still pursuing my dream what was the alternative? Getting a job, not living in one bedroom. Right. Getting a job that I knew paid more than $1,100 a month, picking up catering gigs every now and then. Mm-hmm. Did you have an idea in your head of what that other job would have been? Well, I had a college degree. I would have just gone and got, you know, whatever. Just anything, yeah. But I, I weighed out, and I don't, at the time, I can honestly tell you, I don't know, I don't know if I was making the right decision. If you, you My parents would tell you the same thing. <laughs> because they were like, you need to get a job. Right. Now this is not just about you and your dream. But what I sat back and I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna throw in the towel now because I want them and my oldest two kids really remember it. My youngest son, not as much to, they remember that shit was not easy, but I wanted them to see that win or lose, win or lose that go, there's never wrong to go after your dream. Mm-hmm. What is wrong is to quit. And I wanted them to go. Cause I was like, look, if I do this for three more years, like 10 and eight and three and we'll still get a job and they're gonna be fine but i want i i still am also living this fucking life Mm -hmm. like i was too young to decide i'm done giving living my life um so i made the decision you know whether it's selfish or not i want them to see that sometimes when you want something you got to step in shit and we stepped in shit for fucking years when did it start to turn around i was near a breaking point actually 
And um, I was I would sit up at night and like I look back at the who I was during the day. I was this guy who was super positive, enthusiastic, and wanted the kids to know that they were loved. And when the, when they went to sleep, all everything came out. I was a weepy, mopey dude who was like, you know, all, everybody my age was out having a good time. Sure. And I was, I had, was, I was probably 147 pounds. I was, and I would just sit at the type at my computer. My, I think it's an Earthlink computer. <laughs> Is that what the one that came in the the cow box? You know the ones oh, that used I to. I don't get, know that. I think that was Gateway. Gateway, yeah. maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but I would, I mean, how would I know? <laughs> <laughs> but I would, um, write on my computer mm-hmm. stories about what happened, how I was feeling. And then, um, my manager was writing, reading some of them. He goes, so you should just, this was when one man shows were a thing. Mm-hmm. You should do one man show, man. And I was like, yeah. He goes, yeah, this is like real and funny. And I was like, okay. In, in my head, like one more of these motherfuckers fucking things that one of his ideas went <laughs> i went and did it and a week later I had a tv deal wow that was it wow that was it it was yeah and that was and that was the first thing that kind of broke for me before that i had been on univision because i pretended i was half cuban half jewish <laughs> i just for that 400 dollars check i uh-huh. had to write material about being half about being a jubin <laughs> uh and uh yeah, I mean, we did a little bit of everything. I had my own peanut butter and jelly delivery service. I read about that. Yeah. Um, so, you know. I, I was... And then the Department of Health shut you down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a little knock at my... Well, here's what happened. I had to find a job that I could do with the kids mm-hmm. because I could, daycare is like really fucking expensive. So three kids in daycare, I wasn't qualified to have a job that would pay for that and pay for everything else on top of it. So I was like, what can I do with that they can come to? So we all put our heads together and, and, and started a peanut butter and jelly delivery service. And I would make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in a brown paper bag and I would write your name on it. And then I would put like a Yoohoo and a chocolate chip cookie and a bag of chips and then I would write a note from your mom. <laughs> that was the novelty thing. And you could decide, do you want a nice note, right. medium note, hot note, spicy note? <laughs> nice note was like, good luck in your math test today. Love you, mom. Spicy note was like, your dad and I are breaking up. I've always thought you were cute. Meet me in the bedroom later. Whatever <laughs> whatever it was, right? Do you like the, so, and it was a novelty thing. And we, when the kids would deliver it in a little red wagon. So my youngest son, who was, baby at the time would sit in the little red wagon the other two kids would pull it in the wagon into the office their <laughs> office building with the and i would smear a little dirt on their face you know just to get a little extra tip um and mess up their hair and they would deliver it the reason they went in is because look they were only ordered 40 dollars worth of food but whatever the bill was they got that in tip mm-hmm. so i i wised up when i walked in they were like do you got a dollar for this guy <laughs> but when they walked in they were like oh Look at the poor, dirty kids. And, the, <laughs> and so we would get tips. Um, and then the business got big enough where I had a knock on the door one day. And now the door, the uh, my apartment was the factory. Mm. So on the floor, on a blanket, was the three kids in the sandwich factory. <laughs> one would put the peanut butter, one the jelly, and the other one put it together. Next to them, the St. Bernard. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> there's a knock at the door. And uh, my oldest son answered it and he goes, dad, it's for you. And now I walk out of the kitchen because I'm doing sandwiches too. Shirt off, peanut butter on my chest. Like, 
and there's a guy with a clipboard. And he goes, is this PB&J's? And I go, yeah, dude, we're, we don't, we only do delivery. We don't do dine-in. <laughs> and he, he goes, yeah, I know. He goes, I'm with the health board. This is wrong. And I go, which part? And he looks inside. He goes, all of it. All of it's wrong. <laughs> is that a St. Bernard next to the food? And I go, yeah, but he doesn't eat any of it. And I go, he goes, but his fur is all over the place. And I go, yeah, but it's not really in the food. And he was like, he goes, listen, here's what's going to happen. I can either write you a, a, a fee, like whatever you call it, like a ticket, or we can shut this down right now. And you just call the customers. And I was like, oh, we'll shut it down. The reason I had wanted the, because we didn't have air conditioning in our car, because I bought it in Seattle when we drove down. So the choices when you were in that car was windows down, but when windows down, because you had a St. Bernard, there was a tornado of hair. <laughs> so you left that car like a, like a Wookiee. There was hair all <laughs> over you or windows up where you're just drenched. <laughs> and when you tried to go windows up, drenched, and then windows down. Oh, gave something for the fur to stick to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like, oh, it was like an interesting couple of years. It really was. But I tell you what, it was like, I know that it was in it. I was, I would have done anything to get out of it. But looking back, I'm so glad it happened to me and gave me perspective and made me like a person that I am okay with saying this is who I am. At the time, were you like, I can't have three kids on my own. I'm too young (laughs) or any of that. I mean, how long had you been married? I was never married. Oh, okay. Um, How long had you guys together raised the kids? Like, did you, did you... Had you started raising her kids when at the beginning or ninety six to nine maybe ninety late ninety five to ninety nine okay so so four years of you kind of being their dad yeah. before you were their full time dad yeah yeah, yeah. I, it, um so you got you got with her young then yeah i i i couldn't the first time with one of the other kids, one of her kids, well, they're my kids, but the first time one of those kids called me dad, it was over. Mm-hmm. It was over. It was really, and I, and I don't, I knew it at the time. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in this. <laughs> I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm in it. And, and I, but I don't, people have asked me, do you regret? or No, I have three amazing kids. Like, and, and like I said, it made me, Whatever I am today, I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. It shaped that. I don't know what I would have ended up being. Right. Nothing great. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. What was your childhood like? What are your parents like? Parents, very stoic, uh, Northeastern Jews, um, very supportive people. Mm-hmm. You know, they've always been really supportive. Although my mother was always like, you know, her go back is always like, if this doesn't, you can always be a plumber. Plumbers always work. <laughs> And I'm like, <laughs> not gonna be. They always work with their hands. I mean, someone's got to do it. But I'm not. It's not my forte. <laughs> I'm not. It's not my wheelhouse. My parents were great. I had three older brothers, so I think I learned the comedy. Get when you make people laugh, people stop punching you in the face. Mm. So I had three older brothers, and my parents were good people, educators. The education was really important to them, so they made sure all of us went to college. Um, they were, you know, by the time I was growing up and they'd gone through my three older brothers, I had no rules, no curfew, no, Mm -hmm. they were pretty loose with me. I think maybe that's why when I got to college, I didn't go crazy. 
Right, because you already had that freedom. I think so. I think so. I think it was no big deal to me. Whereas the Mormon girl, one floor below me, was doing <laughs> anal with somebody in a gorilla costume by Halloween. Wow. So, <laughs> I, I mean, her switch went like that. Yeah. Because she had been kept in a pen her whole life. The first, I was there the first time she tasted alcohol. It was like she took a little sip and she goes, What is this? What is, is this, what is this? I go, It's a margarita. She was like, Just drink it? She goes, Yeah, just, I go, Just have some. And she was like, Oh, that's good. <laughs> and just, and I was like, That's going to give you a little freak. Okay, kill it. And she was like, Are there more of these? I'm like, Yeah, there's a ton of more of those. She was like, This is fun. I like that. I like college. <laughs> a month later, she was with a dude in a gorilla costume. Like, Oh, that's real. That's real. Wow. Uh, but her move, because she wanted to stay. Was it Halloween? Yes. She wanted to stay a virgin. Right. God's blind spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> I don't get that logic. No. So <laughs> I don't either. But I, I know it's it. out there. I, it, it's out there, by the way, in high schools. My son will tell you that there were a lot of girls in his high school that would not have sex, but they would have anal. High school. See, so one of the bizarre things that happened to me was I was a late bloomer. Um, and when I was 16 or 17, I was I was dating this guy who was older than I was. And I knew I wasn't ready to have sex with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had already had that discussion. But my... How much older? He was three years older than I was. Um, it wasn't going to last. I mean, pro- probably because of that and also because for other reasons. It was it was just casual dating. But my parents are very overprotective and anxiety prone. And my dad um, is a doctor, but it was already retired at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they set up an appointment for me to sit down with my mom's gynecologist and him to explain all the STDs out and how I can avoid getting them to me. And I was like... I'm I I didn't need this speech at this point. But anyway, it was one now they claim they just wanted him to impart information to me. Uh-huh. I think he misunderstood what they wanted and he thought that they wanted him to like put the put a whole bunch of fear into me. Or maybe that is what they wanted. I feel like on some level that is what they wanted. Because yeah. when I left, I was like, I feel like a six-year-old. Like, I'm not... Like, if I was even <laughs> thinking of heading towards sexual maturity, I'm going the other way now. And one of the things he said to me, and there's a gesture that goes with this, he held out his finger and he said, and another thing, anal sex, just don't do it. And he, like, wagged his finger at me as he said that. And I thought, What? That's so far away from anything that I'm even like remotely thinking about. However, per- it's only now that I've I've been thinking about that. Maybe the reason he said it is because he was aware that high schoolers were uh, doing it in the butt. I can't imagine when I was in high school, that wasn't even on my radar. Right. That wasn't even close to anything you would talk about doing with somebody. Are you? I mean, what? I right. mean, look, if you ended up getting a BJ, that was like a victory for a year. <laughs> there was a guy, I remember, because I had never had one and my friend had never had one. It was almost like that crazy war story. We were like, tell us again, Jerry. Tell us again what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. And we'd be laying down. Tell us again. And when we go to sleep, tell us a bedtime story about what a blowjob feels like. Yeah, it was like 
the people who had gotten him in my high school were heroes. Right. One of the people who got him in my high school was a dude, a friend of mine, who was sleeping with our Spanish teacher. Wow. I got an A in Spanish class because I drove him. I used to drive him to the house to have sex with her, and she would have food for me, and they would have sex, and I would eat food, watch TV, and we'd drive home. And I got an A in Spanish. It worked out really well. <laughs> I think he got an A, too. Probably. I hope he got an A. I, if yeah. I got an A and he didn't get an A, there's some problems. But, but uh, yeah, I remember him talking about a BJ, and I had never had one. And I was like, I really... And I wasn't... Porn wasn't... I hadn't really gotten into the video part. It was still a playboy in the woods. That Hedge I found. porn? Yeah. Yeah. I found under my brother's mattress, you know? Mm. So I hadn't quite understood what a blowjob was either. I literally, <laughs> I thought there was some. So I think when I first heard it, I thought it, and I also thought that, because I had truly tasteless jokes. Oh, me too. I thought it was pronounced pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what a pussy was. <laughs> what? <laughs> When I went to Texas, I had never met a Mexican person, only Puerto Ricans in Massachusetts. And I, my friends didn't correct me for six months until somebody finally said, it's fajita, not fajita. <laughs> and I go, nobody's told me. And all my friends were like, nah, because it sounds so stupid. That's why. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> is there been a, a word that you, another word that you mispronounce, or has there been a t- like a title of a song that you have gotten wrong for a long time, and then somebody told you, you're like, Oh, you know, recently what I didn't, mm. and I'm, uh, I, I'll tell you what I didn't know what it was for a long time, and I don't mind SCOTUS. Oh, yeah. I would see that it. It took me a little while, too. I would see it, and I'd be like, SCOTUS. Hmm. But I, it's one of those things where you're like, I don't want to ask somebody because right. it's clearly out there in something that I should know, SCOTUS. But I was like, SCOTUS. Hmm. Nope, nothing. <laughs> but it, it wasn't so important that I Googled it, but I would look at it again. I'd go, I should Google SCOTUS. <laughs> what is SCOTUS? But it, it was, I am embarrassed to say how long it, it just recently, two months ago. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think if I, I definitely, well, the word lascivious I thought was Laska vicious, but that's what it was, was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, chic, I thought was pronounced chick. Okay. It looks can, like it would yeah, be. Yeah, I can give you that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, what word do you misspell all the time? Oh, unnecessary. Mm. I never know how many N's are in there. Restaurant. I always forget where the U goes, which, oh, really? a, which a it goes after. Okay. Rest, it's the second A it goes after, right? Rest, it's restaurant. Yes. Aunt, yeah. By the way, which goes back to my saying, it's aunt, not aunt. I say aunt, and yet I, I hear what you're saying. Because if you look at the word haunt. All right. Taunt, it's not haunt, haunt yeah. taunt. Actually, the U goes after the first day. Yeah, that's why it confuses me. Yeah, it's rest out rant. Yeah, it's rest out rant, but it sounds like oh. rest out rant. Right. That's, that's why. Right. It, that's why it always confuse. That's why it always confuses me because yeah. I think oh, it should yeah. be aunt, but it's rest out. It is rant. Rant. Yeah, that's funny. And when I wrote it down, I knew where I knew how to spell it, and yet I I, because it, it makes second. sense. Raunt. Right. Makes sense. There's some words also, no matter how many times you say them in a row, then it starts to sound not like a word. All words. Yeah. <laughs> all words like that. Recently, yeah. the word torso came up on the show. You say torso enough, it loses all meaning. Yeah, it should too. It's torso? a weird word. Most words are weird when you really think about it. Torso doesn't match either. I don't think this, if I was like, what am I going to name that? 
it wouldn't. I don't think I would pick torso. What would you pick? <sighs> Not torso. Mm, I I don't know. Uh, do you want me to make up a word? Yes, please. Uh, upper. Okay, you got to give me a second now. All right, give me a second. Give me a second. You think about it okay. while we get ready to take some Twitter questions from our listeners. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. Um, I could go into the questions if you need more time to think your work. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I do okay. I do. I do. Also, I'm not sure how I feel about Twitter's new changing the faves to likes thing. Do you know about this? No. Yeah. I caught wind of it on Twitter, and now I'm seeing it on Twitter. What used to be the favorites, they're now being referred to as likes, and instead of stars, they're hearts. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I won't get up in arms then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, not a thing to you? Travis Cornolo says, ask Josh Wolf comedy about his best and worst experience with experiences with drugs. Huh? Well, best and worst. Uh, well, I, worst, I think is a, I, I, t- I had took a long trip on, uh, on my first time ever eating an edible. Mm-hmm. That was like, because nobody, I, I wasn't properly warned. Have you ever right. had an edible? I have not, but um, my husband accidentally had one recently, and it was uh, very amusing for everyone except for him. Yeah. How long was his ride? Uh, he still felt fucked up the next day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the deal. Like, I was high, uncomfortably high for eight hours. It's like, you know, you're like, I'm ready to get off of this ride. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, like oh... You're still heading up the mountain. Yeah. What I learned is with edible weed, if after an hour you think to yourself, I'm as high as I want to be, you are fucked (laughs) because you've got like three more hours of the climb. Right. And then you have to steady it out. I was uncomfortably high for eight hours. I woke up the next day comfortably high. I called the guy. I go, you didn't tell me this was tomorrow weed. (laughs) Maybe you should put it on the label tomorrow weed. But I was having... Pan- I was like panicking, like right. hallucinating panic. Did you have anything you had to do? Parent. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess you kind of always have to. Yeah. Well, I'm, mar- I'm remarried. Well, married, married now. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but uh, but that was I have had, I've had, I've been kicked out of the ocean. By who? Yeah, exactly. Hard to get kicked out of the ocean, <laughs> right? Yeah. I had a bad. I was eating mushrooms in um S- South Padre Island in Texas, and mushrooms always make me things come out both ends first for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So I'm on the beach and I'm like, Oh boy, Mm -hmm. here we go. But I was like, Oh, what better place to come out of both ends? Right. Than this giant wet toilet (laughs) (laughs) with all the fish. I mean, then this where it's going to go away. Right. So (laughs) I, I am in the ocean and a lifeguard was like, get out of the ocean. How could he tell? Did he see a brown trout? Uh, I'm above water. I'm not underwater throwing up. Oh, you're throwing up. And oh. it's both ends. Boy, yuck. It, it, for mushrooms, it always does that for me. Okay. I know. That's why I don't take them <laughs> <out>. <laughs> like, It's not a ringing endorsement. It's, well, after it's great. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
but I got kicked out of the ocean. That was embarrassing in front of a lot of people. Yeah. Because the guy said to me, I've never had to kick anybody out of the ocean before. <laughs> I was like, I bet you, because it's not easy to do. Like, right. you don't have any property over it. He goes, no, but I bet you if I asked everybody here, <laughs> they'd have probably wanted you out too. And my best experience, honestly, is it's very simple. Like, I enjoy, I enjoy weed a lot. It quiets my mind. It's the only thing at nighttime that allows me to sleep for an extended period of time because it turns off my brain. Otherwise, I wake up every two hours like, oh, did I? Or is that? Oh, you know what joke would work? So I need something. So for me, it's almost every night when I can feel my brain go. So I so love a light bulb just went on in my head because I, uh, I sleep like you when you're not stoned. Like I wake up every yes. two hours. Like I cannot, I cannot sleep through the night. Um, is your brain all, do you wake up thinking? Yes, I wake up thinking, but I also, it's like, I don't think I was ever really in a deep sleep anyway. I'm always just on the surface, ready to check Twitter or whatever. And by the way, I have a feeling if I took my phone out of the room, I would still be like this. I just am an incredibly light sleeper. I don't smoke pot anymore, though. How do you feel in the mornings? Rested? No. No, I feel... the On... The worst of it, I'll wake up and I'll be like, I feel like I want to cry because I have a crazy day and I feel like I got no sleep. Mm-hmm. Usually, But if I don't have a lot that I have to do the next day, then I can sort of catch up in the morning and it'll be okay. I'm telling you, it changed my life. Some nights I take enough to get high. Mm-hmm. But some nights I just take enough where I know it'll turn off my brain. Right. And I don't smoke it anymore. I only eat it. Oh, really? I only eat it. And um, I eat a little bit and and then that's it. It's it's for me. It. I thought with edibles, it's hard to figure out how much you're getting. It's not anymore. It used to be in the wild, wild west when you'd walk into the weed stores and the edibles were just things that some dude down the street baked and brought in. Mm-hmm. Now, like it's made in factories, so it's the quality is like it never wavers. It's like right. if you bought a Nestle Crunch bar, it's the same bar every time. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with this. So you so some nights you don't even feel high. You just some feel nights I don't use like it to get high. Off. I just use it to quiet my brain. Hmm. Perhaps I should consider it. What is it, the edible that you try? Well, here's the thing: you can also do it in droppers, so you don't. That is just sleep. Hmm. That's it. You're not going to get high. It's four drops, and you, it just it just coasts you into bed. All right, sold. Wow, that was easy. Another one converted. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Cron says, if he could only ever podcast with Ross or Sarah again, who would he pick? I can't pick that. I love both of them. I really do. And we both we did something so different with both. Um I honestly I like podcasting in general because I like this format. Mm. I lo- I just love the conversation format. So I, I don't know about that. Duck Fart says, Will you be a part of Chelsea Handler's new show? I have shot one with her, but I think everybody involved from her to us, I mm-hmm. think we're all like, it's something new and different. And I think she wants to do something different. And I think we want to do something different. It's not an animosity thing. It's not, I'm never working with those people again. I just think it was an amazing ride for seven years. Mm-hmm. But then at some point, if you want to have life afterwards, you have to start to disassociate yourself a little bit. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. 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 And I think that I've heard that same thing from, from Sarah, actually. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember if Jen Kirkman said something similar. 
Maybe not. But I know that other people associated with the show have sort of said, have said similar things. You just have to. Because also, at the end of the day, my goal would be to be Chelsea, not be her, but have her position. Right. Or whatever. But I can't do that if I'm always working for her. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So, yeah. Super Dave. Which is why he's leaving, by the way. He told me he's... <laughs> That's wh- that's why I started my own podcast. <laughs> Super Dave says, "Remember broadcasting a Trinity football game with me? Your first big break." I do remember broadcasting the Trinity football game. I'm not sure I would consider that my first big break, <laughs> but I do remember the mullet that I had. This is not a mullet right now. It's Mm-mm. a straight out Jufro, by the way. If okay. I take it off, it's pretty de- terrible. It's under a hat right now. It's your. You should say thank you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, but now uh, I gotta see it. It's so bad. Um, I'll, we'll do it after. Okay. Um, but I feel like the audience would want to hear the reaction. Okay. Are, are we ruining the integrity of your haircut? There's no haircut. Okay, good then. It's like oh oh wow yeah okay. It's a little different than I expected in the front. Wow. Okay. Point, point made. Let's just do it like this from here on. <laughs> now you look like you're wearing a hat that has artificial hair attached to it. Does this change our I- conversation right now? Can you yes. take me? Can you take me seriously? No, not should with we- those those fuzzy bangs you, you're now sporting. Should I? Should I? Should we do it like this? <laughs> this is what yes, it would look like all the way. Photo, of, <laughs> photo of you with the Jufro bangs. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um that's why when people say why do you why do you wear a hat i'm like just trust me when i tell you you'll be happy that i did <laughs> um what was the question do you remember broadcasting a trinity football game i do me your big break mullet uh the trinity football team i think the four years i was there i think won one game so i forget if we wanted that was the one game but i'm pretty sure we lost but i do remember doing that it was a lot of fun. I, I when I early on, I th- I really did want to do some sports broadcasting, but that's what my son wants to do right now. He wants to do sports broadcasting. Oh, really? Yeah. How old is your son? He's eighteen. God damn. Mm-hmm. He's eighteen years old. He goes to college at LSU. I said, "God damn!" Like I knew him when he was so little. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so weird crazy. that I had that reaction. <laughs> it's just, it's just weird that you have an eighteen-year-old. Tell me about it. Yeah. Tell me about it. How'd you meet your um your wife? Uh, my manager set us up. Um, it's actually the only thing I ever booked that he sent me out on. <laughs> um, he, she came the first night. We kind of blew each other off. I, I had seen he had sent over a movie that she had been in. Mm-hmm. I had also heard that she had gone out on a date with a famous actor. She sent me over. He sent me over the movie, and I was like, I looked at her, and I was like, she's. I judged her by the way she looked, and I was like, "She's gonna be Hollywood." I can't. Mm. I, I when I after I got out of the one bedroom apartment, and I was I had a little bit of TV stuff. I was on the scale of zero to ten, ten being the happiest. I was a solid seven, mm-hmm. but I knew what trying to get to ten meant that you could drop to zero. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So I was like, I am at a level of happiness where I'm not the happiest I could be, but I've been at zero. And I don't ever want to go to zero again. Yeah. So whenever people try to set me up, my instant answer was no. The three kids are settled. I'm settled. 
we've risen from the fucking ashes. There's no mm. way I'm taking a chance at getting back down there. Right. And so he sent me over. Getting back down there meaning getting into a relationship again? A relationship because then what if I right. I jump in again and shit goes bad? Yeah. And now I got kids to think about. And so my manager kept pushing her and pushing her. He's like, he's not, she's not what you think. She blah, blah, blah. He sent was, over, was she a friend of his or another client? client. Okay. So um, I sent over the movie and I said, Mark, look at her, dude. There's no way this girl is down to earth. She just went on a date with so-and-so actor. Do you not say who the actor is? No, because, no, because I think what we didn't know at the time is that he was. Not single? Yes. Okay. So, and like, even in my book, I never bash my ex. Mm. It's not, it's, I will insult myself and make fun of myself and ridicule myself, but it's not my place to drag other people do you know what i mean so but she blew me off i blew her off and then she came over to the house the next night because we were she was like let's just get together and so mark and and i go okay i said but i don't have a babysitter and you can't meet the kids that was the deal like mm-hmm. nobody was meeting the kids until right. i knew right so i said you gotta be here at nine she came over and um I it was February 11th, and we were to we've been together ever almost every day since that day. A wow. week after I met her, I told my parents, "I go, I'm gonna marry her," and they were like, "That's don't say that." I'm like, I'm, "Listen, I'm not gonna introduce you to the kids just in case this is crazy honeymoon stage, but this is a different type of honeymoon stage. This mm-hmm. isn't just like I'm super attracted to her and I just want to have sex with her all the time and that screw all our UTIs we're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the new relationships nobody tells you." Chock full of UTIs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, and then uh, let's, uh, it, it was different. It was like, I connect. She was f- just on so many different levels, different than anybody I'd ever dated. Mm-hmm. And uh, a crazy amount of respect I just had for her as a person, almost instantaneously, which was also different than the person I had just dated. Yeah. It was like a, it was a complete 180. And um, that was it. I've been like been together ever since. And How long ago was that? That was 2001, 2001. We got married in 2004. Um, My youngest son calls her mom. It's a, it's, she's an amazing person. I, I not sure exactly how I, (laughs) I mean, honestly, she's smart. Like I read, she was a writer and I read her scripts and she'll have me read them and go, what do you think? I'm like, there are no dick jokes, so I'm not. I don't know how to help you out with this. <laughs> this one here. Do you need a fart joke? Because those are funny. Uh, but she writes like really smart, heady stuff, and it's not like that's why we work very well together. Mm. And she'll read my stuff. <laughs> she'll read my stuff, and she'll be like, she'll say something like, "So he needs to fall down." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of physical funny. Physical comedy is funny." She's like, "Is it?" <laughs> <laughs> Like yes, it is. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's funny. Um, let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, this is where people write in with things they think or do, and they wonder: Is it just me or is it everyone? Are you okay with time? I know you have to go to Nashville. Yeah, I, 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 how much, what time, how long do you think? Um, maybe another 10 minutes. Perfect. Okay. Uh, 
Eric Wright Olson says, when I was just starting to read, I thought doctors, DRS, meant a female doctor, like Mr. and Mrs., just me or everyone. Um, I don't think I ever thought that, but I do enjoy that you thought that. I think it's just you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Allison Rosenisms says, it's not me, it's, but I like the name. Why the frick is the hibachi uh, chef at the other table always funnier than the one at my table? Mm. Hibachi is like Benihana, right? Yeah. I've never been to Benihana. I find like that's the same thing when I go through TSA lines at the airport. Like I'm always in the wrong line. So I'm with you, girl. I think it's everyone. Everyone think on the 405, I'm like, my lane, this is the one lane that's not moving. Yeah. Grocery store too. Yeah. No, Caucus O'Flanagan says. Great one. Just smear everyone. Someone favorites my tweet. Then I notice my typo. I have never felt so powerless. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. What I don't like is when I tweet something and I'll have like the person's Twitter handle wrong because I was too lazy to look it up. I just thought I remembered it. Um, Or there'll be a mistake and then I'll delete it and send it out again. But I feel like that bums people out because they're like, you just tweeted this. Yeah. 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 I I, um, have stopped correcting my mistakes on Twitter unless it's like terrible and it changes the message. Right. By the way, I did that once. I tried to. Someone asked me if I was excited about the Celtics the season this was like three years ago four years ago you excited about the season and I tweeted back big time well go ahead and look on your keyboard what letter is right next to B oh I I feel like I already know where this is uh, where this is going I sent that out into the universe (laughs) do you know what's next to the B you want to tell everybody oh it's the N (laughs) yeah there it is that's awful after they asked me about a basketball team. Are you are you excited about this professional basketball team? <laughs> I tweeted back that. Now, did you catch any shit, or did you get it fast? I got it semi fast because the guy tweeted <laughs> me back, "What?" <laughs> and I went, I looked at, it, I go, "Oh my god!" I deleted it. And I think this was a little bit before people were screen grabbing every single mm-hmm, tweet, right? But that was potential terrible. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one you have to change. Yeah, yeah that one definitely I changed. I did. Yeah. Um, Patty Stanger of uh, Millionaire Matchmaker was recently tweeting about how she was having trouble with Uber. Um, and like the cars weren't picking people up, and she she said something like, um, "I'm talking about black," and then someone wrote, it, "But it was wor- It was." It was more questionable sounding than mm-hmm. that, even though it wasn't questionable because she was talking about Uber Black, but it was like a little bit, it was a little bit curious how she, how she wrote it if you aren't familiar. And then someone wrote back and was like, what do you mean by black? And then she totally explained, like, I'm talking about Uber Black. It's their high-end car service, blah, blah, blah. If she, had, if she had said, I'm talking about the black, <laughs> that would have been way hard to explain your way out of that one. Right. Yeah. Uh, all-knowing suit says, fellas, flush the urinal mid-whiz to try to finish at the same time as the flush. No. Okay. Uh, for me, what's the saying? If it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. Yeah. I I, I don't... I mean, we, do we have no water in California, right? It's true. Yeah. Brian Allen Hobbs says, just mirror everyone, people who try too hard to apologize for doing something just end up doing that thing anyway. Um, I'm confused by this one. What is he saying? People who try too hard. Well, I mean, I suppose if someone's like, 
goes overboard with how much they didn't mean to offend you, eventually you'll you're like, well, now I actually feel a little bit offended. Is that what he means? I don't know, because if you're apologizing for something, haven't you already done it? That's what I would think. That's what he's saying. They just end up doing that thing anyway. But they've already done it. That's why they're apologizing right. for it. Brian Allen Hobbs, write in and let us know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Liam, but thank you for your uh, contribution. Liam Candy Coated, no, Liam Candy Codled says, Onion burps are like demons escaping through your esophagus. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Every time I burp an onion, my first thought is, I don't remember eating that. Right. You're like, well, that- Sometimes that happens with asparagus. Yeah, where you're like, mm. yes, yes, it does. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, and beets. Oh, really? Oh, with, yeah. Eat too many beets. That'll scare you that first time. Yeah. You're like, what? Aaron L. Thomas says, constantly buying crap to do projects and then rarely do them. Yes, I'll do stuff like that. I'll also buy a lot of like things to get organized and then it doesn't happen. My garage is cluttered full of things that will help me organize, which is, I guess, ironic. Do you park in your garage? This has been a conversation of late. If I could fit my car in there, I would. Okay. There's too much shit in there. Marcus Angstrom says, I'm constantly discovering cuts and scrapes on my hands and fingers without knowing how I got them. He doesn't work with his hands. Huh? Some He'll constantly discover cuts and scrapes on his hands and fingers without knowing how he got them. And by the way, he doesn't work with his hands. Yeah, that'll happen. I mean, I think that if you have sensitive skin, you get little nicks and things like that. And you look down and you're like, how did I do that? Maybe he should. Maybe his cat. Be more careful. Maybe, yeah, maybe his cat in the middle of the night's like. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I don't put that above cats. I think a cat would. Uh oh, uh oh. Cats versus dogs is a heated debate on this show. Is it? Are you? Yeah. A, you're a dog person. I'm a dog person. I'm not anti-cat though. I feel I've been accused of being anti-cat. Jeff is a cat person, but also a dog person. I like to call it felinophobia. <laughs> yes. I'm not scared of them, but I do think that if they could figure out how to feed themselves, they would slit your throat in your sleep. My cats do not rely on me for feeding. Where do they? What do I have an automatic feeder because they oh. would terrorize me when they wanted to be fed. So I've dis. In, You've outsourced. Yes, I've outsourced it. I've disintermediated myself from that, and they haven't killed me. So now they're just roommates. But but they they haven't figured out how to kill you yet. They will. Do you know that you do know that if you die? Within 24 you. hours, your cat will eat you. Yeah. Dogs. They won't? I think they said they'll wait a week. Because they are... <laughs> well, that's heartwarming. I right. think it is because I think dogs are little... Dumb's not the right word, but they're Loyal. like... Yeah, they're like, he's going to wake up. Yeah. She's just sleeping right now. She's going to wake up. Oh, God. If I died, I feel like Wendy would just be like pushing her nose into my hand and pawing my hand like, pet me, pet me. See, I have a tacit agreement with the cats. If they die within 24 hours, I will also eat them. <laughs> That's it's like, good. It's like a mutually assured destruction. <laughs> That's really. Did you write it up? I'm not going to draw a contract with a cat. <laughs> it's a, hand, that it's a handshake. That would yeah. be crazy. <laughs> Demian Cordova says, and this is the last one, my wife hates when I drink milk or juice out of the carton. I do it anyhow. Just mirror everyone. That's all people. I, Maybe not. I drink milk and juice out of the carton. My wife hates it too. Yeah. So that's everyone. Yeah. Josh Wolf, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having this me. This was super fun. I feel like we could have talked for hours longer. Um, yeah, I feel like I hogged the microphone. I apologize. That's you didn't hog it first of all, and that's what this show is for. It's for you to come on and talk. Oh, so no that. apology necessary. Oh, look, now you're doing that thing that you. No, you're not. Oh, yeah. Apologize for. <laughs> um, no apology necessary at all. You you were awesome, you guys. If you're gonna buy something on Amazon, 
perhaps organizing supplies for your garage, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you so much for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. PayPal links on the right side of my website. Also on my website, alisonrosen.com, we have t-shirts. You need a t-shirt. Go to the website, click on the picture of the t-shirt. We have ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And also... Touch the tushy, touch, touch the tushy, tushy, touch uh, You can the get tushy, these by searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself or Touch the Tushy on your iPhone in the iTunes store. If you're not an iTunes person, they're also available on Gumroad, G-U-M-R-O-A-D dot com slash Allison Rosen, Gumroad dot com slash Allison Rosen. Also, comedy albums available in the iTunes store. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail dot com. Leave us a nice comment, iTunes dot com slash Allison Rosen. It's crazy that I I should just record it. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. I, that's come up recently. Like, why do I say it every single yeah. time? Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me at Colonel Jeff Fox on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Josh, plug all the things you want to plug and tell me where to find you. I'm at Josh Wolf Comedy on Twitter and Instagram and just whatever on Facebook. Probably my name. Mm-hmm. Um, Comedian Josh Wolf is the website. If you want tour dates, you can go on through Amazon. On your website. Thank you. And you can get my book, It Takes Balls, Dating Single Moms, and Other Confessions from an Unprepared Single Dad. It's super funny. And here's the ringing endorsement. I I haven't finished it yet, um, but I intend to go back to reading it as soon as you leave. That's how much I like it. Oh, really? Yeah. As opposed to like the thing where it's like, I'm reading this for research and now I did the interview, so I'm done. Like I want to finish it. Thank you. You know, I will tell you something. The one chapter... I argued with the book people about putting in was the first chapter. Oh, really? I didn't want, because the dating part was such a small part of that time of my life, but they felt like they needed it to sell the book. Right, to hook people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, it's very, very nice of you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, And also, everyone should listen to your podcast. Oh, yeah, called Fairly Normal Normal with Josh Wolf, and we're going to find a time when you will come and join me. I would love that. Awesome. Thank you again, listeners. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Thank you. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time.